the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He's been recognized as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings nearly 40 years of experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. This is the first time you heard the show. Hey, welcome aboard. If you've heard the show in the past, uh, you know the basic format. We start off with talking about estate planning and elder law. The idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next, paying the least amount of taxes we need to pay legally, avoiding going through court, avoiding probate, and as far as elder law is concerned, trying to save assets from nursing home bills. Later in the show, we talk about history, politics, nostalgia, religion, and we'll see what's on board a little bit later. Joining me right now is my wife, Beth. Hey, everybody. Attorney Nicole Donnelly. Hello, hello. And my son, Michael. Hello, everyone. All right. Well, Nicole, you just got back. I, where were you the last couple of weeks? I didn't see you around. I was in Egypt. Are you what'd glad you, you're back? Yeah. What'd you do in Egypt? I mean, am I glad? That I'm back. Yes, I'm glad that I'm back. I'm glad that I made it back, as opposed to some other people who are other places that may not make it back. Um, but I saw the pyramids. I saw the Valley of the Kings. I saw the Valley of the Queens. I saw the Red Sea, the coral. I did a lot of things, and I went quad riding. What is your most memorable? I mean, ultimately, what it, what impressed you the most or maybe surprised you? The Tomb of Nefertari surprised me the most the way everything was painted and preserved and had never been touched like I can't even imagine how they came up with those colors back then I could barely mix colors for my living room today (laughs) (laughs) oh that's great well welcome back I'm glad you had a wonderful time thank you thank you all right so before we started the show we're talking about something that's not an easy question but the question is what do we do well you asked the question Thank you very much, Mr. Connors. I was a little worried there. <laughs> I thought you were going to replace answer. me. <laughs> <laughs> 
So the question that's been coming up is how do we handle blended families here at Connors and Sullivan? People with different heirs, but the same assets. Do they need two separate trusts? How can we fix their issues or issues that may arise? And what are those issues that may arise that they don't really always want to see because they think everybody thinks their kids are perfect until they're not? Right. Well, that's that's one thing some people don't seem to realize that when everybody's around and let's say you have the husband has kids from his previous marriage, wife has kids from a previous marriage, and now you're dealing with an estate plan, the kids are not always going to go and, and work together. And that's something you have to talk about and try to talk out. A lot of times what we do in that case, let's say the husband and wife, they own a house together. We do a trust with two parts. Now, they call they can call it an A-B trust, you know, and a lot of times we use that for more for estate tax planning purposes, like A would be the spouse, and I mean this doesn't have to be, but the spouse who's above ground and B is the spouse who's below ground, but to separate the states because like right now, the New York state tax law, I might as well use next year's numbers, which next year being January 1st, the New York state estate tax is 6909000 If you're under that amount, you're tax-free. So let's just say $7 million for today. Um, let's say we got a husband and wife with a $10 million estate. And for tax purposes, let's say the husband dies first. Remember Alan King, the husband always dies first. Although I think the statistics are changing on that. I could be wrong, but, you know. I have not heard that. You're kidding. No. Well, we have to look that one up. Well, well, survived by your spouse. Survived by your spouse. But in other words, let's say you have a $10 million estate right now. You're a New York State resident. Husband dies first, leaves everything to wife. Wife dies, let's say, early next year. Um, Leaves a $10 million estate. Kids are paying a million dollars in taxes. So what we do to avoid that in some cases is we do an A-B trust. Where let's say if you have ten million in assets, five million goes in the husband's trust, five million dollars goes in the wife's trust, and since you're under seven million on both sides of the coin, you're gonna get up to fourteen million dollars tax free. The federal tax right now is twelve million nine hundred thousand. I gotta check what the number is gonna be next year, but it's probably gonna be well over thirteen million dollars. So we're gonna be able to leave federally tax free twenty six million dollars. But we can use the same tool to help divide the assets. So let's say we have a house. We're not worried about taxes. We're well under $7 million. So we do a trust, irrevocable trust, where we put assets in the trust, and the husband can change 50% of his share. The wife can change 50% of her share. But basically, so at least the kids from East Marriage get 50% of the estate. Um, And... Some people say, and I mean, it's you're doing simple wills. Some people say, we'll leave everything, husband or wife. Husband dies, leaves everything to wife. Wife has a will, leaving it to two equal shares to the husband's children and the wife's children. Well, when the husband dies, the wife may not, especially after some time passes, may not be crazy about her husband's children getting half the estate and might change it. So if you're going to stop them from being able to change it, we have to have some kind of trust agreement some kind of contract to do a will, it has to be in writing. It can't just be done, you know, on somebody's word. Because this happens all the time. 
Husband and wife, they have simple wills. Husband dies, leaves everything to wife. A few years later, or a few days later in some cases, wife changes the will and leaves everything to her kids, not her husband's kids. Is it right? Maybe not, but does it happen? Yes. And if you want to prevent that, we can do a trust and have certain restrictions on the trust where we can only change half of the assets or we say that half the assets have to go to the husband's family, half the assets go to the wife's family. So in a lot of cases, let's say we have somebody with a $3 million estate and we put $2 million in the trust. We say at least a $1 million has to go to the husband's family, at least a $1 million has to go to the wife's family, and in a compromise, it may be the final million dollars goes to the survivor, and the survivor can do whatever he or she wants. I mean, there's not a right answer, but the thing is, you don't get a right answer if you don't talk about it and you don't have discussions on what to do. Typically, what we see is it's not such a big deal when both husband and wife have kids of their own. The big kicker comes when maybe the husband has kids and the wife doesn't or vice versa. That's when things get a little messy because when we're talking about a house, and we've seen this before, you can tell the listeners what I'm talking about. When we're talking about a house, there's a provision in there that says, really, they can live in the house forever, but that spouse without kids says, well, what if I want to sell the house and take all the money and buy myself something in Florida and live off of the money? What happens in that situation, Mr. Connors? Well, that's the thing. That's what has to be discussed. What are we going to do? You know, now... The trust, in a lot of cases, does say that the trustees, and again, who are the trustees? But, you know, a lot of times we'd like one trustee from each side of the family to try to keep some kind of balance in there. What does the trust say? Our trust ordinarily say that if you sell a house, you can buy another house that would substitute for the first house. So you can sell in New York and buy a house in Florida. What do we do with the excess money? Well, that's something to be discussed. You know, estate planning is not always, you know, like, ABC simple. Sometimes you have to think it over and figure out. And if this happens, what are we going to do? If that happens, what are we going to do? And, and again, maybe it's even touchier. Let's say if, if let's say the husband has children he's close to, and the wife doesn't have any children. She's got nephews and nieces. She's not that close to. Um, what do you do? I don't know. You got to talk it over and try to come up with a plan that the husband and wife both will agree to. And disclose to them that they may have a conflict, you know, whether they may not see it now, but they may have a conflict when they're, one of them's gone with the other one's family. And it, it's one of those things that, you know, takes some work to do estate planning. Everything takes work to do estate planning. Yes, are there times like I leave everything to my, you know, wife, husband, they have two children, everything to the two children equally? Yeah, then it's not that hard. But even then... There's a discussion sometimes. Husband and wife. Wife wants to make sure the two children are never disinherited because maybe the husband doesn't quite get along with his son and, you know, or vice versa, and they want to make sure that their children are protected. Sometimes we put restrictions on the amount the surviving spouse, you know, can, can make changes. And, again, that's what estate planning is all about. You just don't. You know, you just don't put something together and don't think it out. The conversation has to be, you know, what if this happens? What if that happens? And that's why, you know, you and I both agree on this. But that's why sometimes you don't want to be dealing with those kits because those kits almost never have what ifs and are never tailored to the to the family situation. And I mean, 
if I see one more kid, I think I'm going to scream. It's definitely not a do-it-yourself process. If we've heard anything today, it's that the trusts are very customizable when you sit and you talk it out and you work with an attorney. I can't tell you how many times I hear people say, I can change my irrevocable trust. It's irrevocable as if I'm holding some secret. Yes, it's irrevocable, but you still retain powers. We are not in the business of taking away your assets. We wouldn't be a good business if we did that. Right. And, you know, and I always tell people at the seminars, and we just had a group of seminars, but when somebody asks the question, can I do this in the trust? Can I do that in the trust? The answer is almost always yes. I mean, one of the examples I give up, uh, you know, give out, let's say if you have a trust, do you want to have in your trust that, you, you know, the house can't be sold until your dog dies uh, because you don't want your dog to have to look for a new home? And the reason we say that, Otto's in the room right now. Although he doesn't seem to be paying much attention. Well, it, it, it's a little boring for him. You have to admit. He knows all of this already. He's heard it a million heard times. It. Absorbed <laughs> by osmosis. <laughs> you know, but there was a case in Florida where uh, I think it was a $4 million mansion was put into a trust. And the trust said that the house could not be sold until the dog died. And six members were kept on staff, were kept on salary to keep the dog into the lifestyle to which the dog had become accustomed. And so that's one of the examples I give. Can I do this in a trust? Can I do that in a trust? And the answer is almost always yes. Now, I'm probably going to get some law student somewhere and say, I thought you, a trust has to end within uh, 21 years, which, yes, but most dogs, if you started, the, if the trust is established on the day you pass away, there are very few dogs that are going to last past 21 years. But what about a parrot? That's a problem. Because parrots live more than 21 years sometimes. They live a long time. Yeah. Like 50 years. Or a turtle. Yeah. I've never saw somebody upset about a turtle. Um, But could it be done? Somebody had a rare tortoise. A rare tortoise. How about that? I mean, could that be done? Can you take care of them? Well, you can take care of them. But the trust in New York, when we're dealing with a non-human being life, is 21 years. So the trust has to end 21 years after you're gone, you know, for the different types of pets. Now, again, uh, you know, it's got to be, it's got to be a parrot or a, you know, tortoise or something like that. You know, I don't think there are too many cats or dogs that live past 21 years and even horses. There are not that many horses that are going to live past 21 years, especially 21 years after you're gone. Mm. Um, but I guess what you could do with the parrot, you give it the parrot to somebody, you give them some money to help take care of the parrot, and they can do whatever they want after 21 years. But at that point, you know, the parrot's probably going to be well taken care of. And if not, I mean, there's only so much you can do. Boy, you hate to hear someone say that. There's only so much you can do when you love your parrot. Oh, my goodness. If there was a scenario, I'm sure we would figure it out. (laughs) Okay, okay. Well, you give the parrot to somebody that you think is going to take care of the parrot. And, of course, at the end of the 21 years, that person could set up a trust for another 21 years. There you go. There's the answer. Okay. All right. We got it. There's pretty much always an answer. And, guys, 
Just to point out, when Mr. Connors talks about a kit, there's a difference between not being able to read something because it's too legalese and not being able to read something because it's 300 pages long and very confusing and one page says one thing and page 50 says another thing and your eyes are rolling to the back of your head. That is not legalese. That is meant to confuse you. It's take your money and leave me alone. And then, you know, another thing, too, is they refer to other parts of the, the, the trust which we all do that sometimes, but in other words, they say it'll be in accordance with page 72, paragraph 15, and you got to read that, and that says it's going to be in accordance with page 29, paragraph 28, and you got to go back to that, and to figure out what the trust originally said takes forever. You got to almost draw, you know, like maybe we'll be vice president of the United States and draw Venn diagrams or whatever. It's a conspiracy. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. No, those kits, believe me, if you have a good one, God bless you. But I would say 90% of the kits that I read, this contradictory language, uh, you can't make heads or tails. And, and, and forget the legalese. And there is a lot of legalese in there that you can't really make, you know, you can't, at first glance, you can't understand what they're saying, you know. And, and I don't understand how any layperson um, understands it. I mean, some of our clients, and they're more than welcome to do it take the trust and they read it word by word, page by page and ask questions about it. I don't know how you would do that with a kit because if you got 150 pages, how are you going to ask a question on 150 pages? You know, that's another reason I wouldn't use a kit. And who are you asking these questions to? Because wherever you're getting this kit, there's nobody standing behind them. That's for sure. I wouldn't put my name out there on a kit. Well, that's what happens. You know, who do you call with questions on these kits? Is it a, is it like, you know, a, a big company, national dep- company? Depends on circumstances. Okay. But I think most of the people who sell the kits, they're usually out of business five, six years later. Because ah. they get overwhelmed by the, the right. questions. Right, right. You know, and listen, we have a hard time trying to keep up with all the questions people have. But... Does it change state by state also? To some extent, yes. Okay, okay. Oh, my goodness. You just got to know what you're doing or what you're looking to do. And go to someone that if you're going to call them in a year from now with questions, they're going to be there. All right. So I guess we'll take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, recently accompanied by my wife, Beth. Yo. Is that a proper way to sign off on the radio? Yes, it is. I feel Southern today. Yo, and country. And world traveler, Nicole Donnelly. I'm happy to be back. (laughs) And my son, Michael. We're very glad you're back. And thank you for joining us. (laughs) Thank you. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it harder to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress? A home equity conversion mortgage may be the answer for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. Give me a call so our team here at Contour Mortgage can show you how the loan program works and how much you and your family may qualify for. My job is to help you find the best solution for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this mortgage program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 
888-954-7463. Once again, that's 888-954-7463. And you could be on your way to a better retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591, Contour Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 34384, 990 Stewart Avenue, Suite 660, Garden City, New York, 11530, Licensed Mortgage Banker, New York State Department of Financial Services. The Guild for Exceptional Children, or GEC, has been providing excellent care to children and adults with developmental disabilities since 1958. It is our mission to help build better lives and brighter futures for the people in our care. We serve nearly 1,000 individuals each day and are proud that 90 cents of every dollar is used for actual services. Please visit www.gecbklyn.org or call 718-833-6633 to learn more. Do you have somewhere to sleep? Did you eat today? Are you making ends meet? For thousands of New Yorkers, the answer is no. For children and youth, adults, seniors, people struggling with addiction or mental illness, and for the isolated, Catholic Charities of Brooklyn and Queens is there. With 160 programs and more than 4,500 units of affordable housing, Catholic Charities is one of the largest multi-service charitable organizations in the nation. We help change lives and build communities. If you or someone you know needs assistance, call 718-722-6001 or visit CCB. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connor, still accompanied by my wife, Beth. Yep. Attorney Nicole Donnelly. Hello. And Michael, my son, and our dog, Otto. Hello, everyone, from me and Otto. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, Nicole, you brought up something which, home care Medicaid, which is something our audience should be aware of. Because they're going to change the rules, at least it's tentatively scheduled to change the rules on April 1st next year. Which is uh, coming up real soon. Right. Now, they've kicked the ball or they kicked the can down the road more than a few times, so I'm not going to guarantee it's going to be April 1st. But in theory, let's say you need home care benefits in New York, home care Medicaid. Home care Medicaid pays for home attendance. Uh, to help you stay at home, to keep you out of a nursing home. And there are a lot of good programs in New York where you can hire your own home attendants, including family members. And some people should take advantage of that. And the, the, the problem, or whether it's a problem or not, there is no look-back period right now. So if literally you had a million dollars in the bank today, you put that money in a trust or gave it away. I wouldn't give it away if I were you, but... If you put the money in the trust or gave it away during the month of October, on November 1st, the first day of the month following the transfer, you can apply for home care Medicaid in New York. And home care Medicaid does pay, and I'm going to warn you, it does pay for a few assisted livings. 90% or 95% of the assisted livings don't take Medicaid, but there are a handful of assisted livings throughout the city that, you know, do take home care Medicaid. And, Nicole, uh, the, the clients you talk to, I I would say the overwhelming majority of them do not know about this. That is true. A lot of people come in and they have no idea what home care even means. In fact, everybody hears it and they're like, no, 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 I, I don't need it. I don't want it. Nobody's going to come into my house. Um, but there comes a time when people really, they just change if you know when you need it you need it and it's something that if you're on the cusp right now it may be something you start thinking about because it's better to get into the system and be there than decide 
on February or March 1st that maybe it's time to look into it because at that point it may or may not be too late and you may be subject to that 30-month look-back period. Getting qualified for Medicaid and actually applying are two separate things, which I think people misunderstand a lot. Can you explain that to them, Mr. Connors? Yeah. In other words, getting qualified, if, if technically, and I don't know what the number is going to be next year, but roughly if you're under $30,000 and you're a single person, so let's say you have $300,000 in the bank, you own a house. You put your house in a trust today. You put, let's say if you have 300000 you put $270,000 in a trust today. You're single now. You can apply for home care Medicaid on November 1st, the first day of the month following the transfer. Now, if you do the same thing April 1st next year, you're going to have a 30-month look-back period, so you wouldn't be able to get on home care Medicaid for 30 months. Now, if you're at home and you're stranded and you can't do your own cooking, shopping, whatever, 30 months is an awfully long time to be paying for services. So if you have a family member that's like in that borderline period, um, you may want to think about trying to get in the system now because you can qualify now, maybe get four hours a week or something else, but get yourself grandfathered in. And we don't know how the new system also is going to work next year because I'm sure there are going to be a lot of like, changes that New York City, assuming you live in New York City, which New York City processes the home care Medicaid within the five boroughs, I am sure they're going to be people not sure how things are working, how they will be working, and I'm sure there's going to be all sorts of confusion. And I'm not sure about this, but there's a good chance when April 1st comes around, we're going to find out the city says, no, it's too complicated. We're going to put it off for another six months. So I don't want to sound like I'm, because I think we have been sounding like we've been crying wolf because these rules have been supposedly going to effect for, I, I would guess, almost two years now. I think it was October two years ago. October of 2021, yeah. Yeah, three what, years. What keeps years. pushing it back? Well, COVID was the excuse. Okay, okay. You know, because they did want, you know, benefits to be extended, people on COVID. Um, I, I don't understand how COVID really impacts or affects it because I don't. I think there are very few people that had to go for home care because of COVID, but at the same time, maybe their workers are not in person. You know, their workers are staying at home and things like that. They're not fully staffed. So maybe they didn't want to impl implement a new system while COVID was, was still into play. But again, there are a lot of good programs now. And, you know, another thing is the income. Do you want to ex explain a pooled income trust? Let's say I have $3,000 a month income. I'm single. And by the way, if you're married, the rules are always easier. So, But but that's what I'm talking about, single, because that's usually the harder. I got $3,000 a month of income, and I want to go on home care Medicaid. And a social worker at Medicaid said my income is too high. A social worker is not helpful, which occasionally happens. So what happens when you go for Medicaid is they look at three things. They look at assets, which we take care of with our asset trust, what you know of as an irrevocable trust. Then they look at your income, which is what Mr. Connors brought up as a pooled income trust. Right now, the numbers are you're about you're allowed to keep about seventeen hundred. Anything in excess of that seventeen hundred gets direct debited out of your account and put in what's called a pooled income trust. It's run by a separate company, has nothing to do with your lawyers. And you're allowed to pay your bills out of that pooled income trust. It does change the way you pay things, which for some people is super scary. But when you figure how much you're paying for a home attendant, it makes sense to do it this way. And it saves you the money and you're still able to use it. 
you don't lose out on it. And you don't have to spend the money that you're allowed to keep first. You're, you can spend the money out of the pooled income trust first. And you should spend it because any money that stays there, if you expire, the money expires with it. So you spend the money in the pooled income trust. And then they also look at health. There's a lot of people that are coming in now and saying, hey, can I just apply for Medicaid? Because what if I need it in you know two years and I don't get grandfathered in and I'm subject to that 30-month look-back period? If you don't qualify health-wise you will not get Medicaid. The doctors have to sign off on it. So if there are no doctor notes supporting that you need a home attendant, you're not going to get a home attendant. Yeah, and and I know it's confusing, but come in sometimes. We can talk about it. I'll give you an example how pooled income trust is. Let's say for the sake of argument, you you rent an apartment and you have, and I'm going to use even numbers. You know, the other, the other day I was talking to a client and I was one of our accountants and you know, I told the client that next year the estate tax, the death tax in New York is going to go to almost $7 million. And, of course, our accountant corrected me and said it's going to be $6,909,000, not $7 million. So, yes, I do have a tendency to use round numbers. I, I think you guys in the room can guess who it was. Uh, our lovely Mr. Chang. Yes. We must be precise with our numbers. It's okay when you're speaking to somebody to be close, but he knows he has to be exact. Okay. So in any event, let's say you have $3,000 a month income. Roughly, you have to put $1,500 a month, and it's less than that. But you have to put $1,500 a month in the pooled income trust to be eligible for Medicaid. So let's say you have $1,000 a month rent. And I don't know who has $1,000 a month rent, but let's say you have $1,000 a month rent. You pay the $1,000 a month rent. Then let's say you have $500 left over. Maybe you get a debit card and pay for your groceries out of that debit card, $500 a month. Maybe you have, you you know, you look at your cable, gas, electric, uh, bills like that. But it's it's not hard. I mean, yeah, sometimes we have to do a, a lot of bit of work if somebody, for the sake of argument, has like $10,000 a month income. we got to spend, you know, what, roughly $8,500 each month. But usually if you're at that lifestyle, you can spend $8,500 a month. If you're used to taking in $10,000 a month income, you can spend $8,500 a month. So it's it's not as hard as it may seem. Some people, it seems like they're, they're saving no money and they have, let's say, $3,000 has to go in the pooled income trust. How are we going to spend $3,000 a month? And you, you try to go through the numbers and say, wait a minute, you're not saving a lot of money, so where is the money going? And, you know, it it's, it can be done. It's not that hard to spend. And Nicole, I'm sure, can tell you how to spend a couple of thousand dollars a month. If you've learned nothing, learn that we can always do something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't care if our, you know, if we're, we're backs are in the corner and it looks like we can't do anything. We can always do something. What about a car? You can Well, you can buy a car, make car payments. Okay. And you can buy, you know, and, and one of the things, I mean, you can buy jewelry. I I don't like buying jewelry because it has a tendency to disappear and starts fights. But, yes, you you can buy a car, but this is if you have money in excess. But even so, if you, you know, let's say you're making $500 a month in car payments, that's a way to get rid of your income. And, of course, your children can buy that car because an immediate member of the family can do, drive a car you know, for someone who owns a car. So, and, and that's one of the tools we use. Let's say if somebody's going to a nursing home, 
let's say we put their house in a trust five years ago and now they're going to a nursing home, you know, today and we got an extra hundred thousand dollars in cash we gotta get rid of. Well, believe me, you know, you, you go to the social worker at the nursing home and says, Well, you can't do anything because there's a five year look back period. And of course, next year when we have the thirty month look back period for home care Medicaid, we're gonna be able to do the same things. So we can spend our money however we want. So let's say we have an extra hundred thousand dollars over the thirty thousand you're allowed to keep if you're single if you go on Medicaid. So you got an extra hundred thousand dollars. What are you gonna do? Well if you own a house, you're gonna put money in your house. And I think most people who own a house know you could spend a hundred thousand dollars on house repairs literally within minutes. Without turning your head. Holy smoke. And I think I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. Before you pay the nursing home, come see your lawyer. Please do not just pay the nursing home. We have so many people that we've seen pay the nursing home and be entitled to exemptions and just so many options where you don't have to pay the nursing home. And nobody told them. And, of course, nobody at the nursing home is going to tell you. The most they'll tell you is go speak to your lawyer because, A, either they don't know or, B, their only job is to get paid. They don't work for you. I know. And private pay, is it still more than what they get from Medicaid? Yes, the private pay rate is way higher than Medicaid. Right. I think Medicaid has to pay 11000 And right now I've seen even up to $19,000 a month for the nursing home bill. So it behooves the nursing home to have a private pay patient. For sure. Yeah. And one of the things that's overlooked a lot when we're in these cases is if you have a disabled child. Um, and, you know, like people say, well, I'm not a child. I'm 60 years old. But if your parent is alive, you are a child. So if, you know, we have a 90-year-old mother who's going to a nursing home we got a 60-year-old son who, you know, worked for 40 years and is out on disability with a bad back. We can transfer that those assets to that disabled son and protect it from mom's nursing home bill. And a lot of times disability, let's say somebody's retired, they're not going to collect Social Security disability because they're already in retirement. They're over 66. Well, that doesn't matter. We get a letter from a doctor, paperwork from the doctor, medical doctor, saying that you can't engage and work at your former job. And if you're over 55 and you can't work in your former job, you're disabled. And that way we can transfer assets and trust or for the benefit of a disabled child and save it from a nursing home. So if you're in one of these crisis situations, get the right advice. Because I can't tell you how many times people have literally, literally lost hundreds of thousands of dollars because they didn't get the right advice. They relied on the advice of a social worker who may mean well, but is not a lawyer and is not working for you. And, you know, like if you come to see us, I'm going to be looking at every single angle to try to save your family money. I think that's the essence of it. It's like you don't want to put anybody else down from a nursing home or hospital, but it's like they are not your advocate. Um, an elder law, it... it the most important, and this is just me, the most important thing that we can do at our firm is help our clients while they're still alive. When they pass away, it's sad, and yes, we take care of their estates, but the most important thing is to help them have a good life 
until they're no longer with us. So you do need an advocate. Often you need an advocate. So um, just don't don't get depressed. Don't get scared. Don't get confused. It's okay to ask questions, you know. It's these things are confusing. The seminars, I mean, that's why the seminars can be so good because they, you go in there and you hear a whole lot of stuff, and then you think, well, wait, you can ask questions there, um, and other people can benefit from the questions you ask because sometimes you have one person that's just too shy, or you know how sometimes you think. You're a little confused, and then someone asks a very good question, and you think, yeah, I know. What's the answer to that? So um, we are having seminars coming up, and some of the best times at the seminars are listening to the questions. If y'all can come, it would be great. We would love to have you at our seminars. Just let us know ahead of time. Um, But hang in there. Don't feel like you're all alone. Seek an advocate. Okay, and... Nicole, you're going to be at the Staten Island Seminar, right? That is correct. Okay. And if you have any relatives that speak Spanish, they can talk to you? Absolutely. I don't know if they want to come see the seminar, but I can do a quick version for them in Spanish maybe afterwards. (laughs) It's going to be pretty confusing sitting through the whole thing if you don't understand English. (laughs) Do the best we can, right? Okay. So, Michael, when are our seminar times next week? All right. Actually, it's going to be starting... You know, if you're listening to us over the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, it's it's, it's going to be Monday through Friday. That's next, right. Of this that's week. right. All right. So Monday of this week, October 16th, 3 o'clock p.m. and 7 o'clock p.m. at the Greenhouse Cafe, 77 to 17, 3rd Avenue, Brooklyn, New York. Tuesday, October 17th, 11 a.m. and 3 p.m., Buckley's Restaurant and Caterers, 2926 Avenue S, Brooklyn, New York. Wednesday, October 18th, 11 a.m. and 3 p.m., the Adria Hotel and Conference Center, 22117 Northern Boulevard, Bayside, New York. Thursday, October 19th, 2023, 3 o'clock p.m. and 7 o'clock p.m. Connolly's Corner, 7117 Grand Avenue, Maspeth. Friday, October 20th, 2023, 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. DeLuca Stratoria, 616 Forest Avenue, Staten Island, New York. I don't know why I kept saying New York, but there you are. <laughs> yeah. Now, where where is Forest Avenue in, in Staten Island, Nicole? Somewhere on the island. Well, <laughs> no, I could have said that. You do a better job than that. <laughs> West Brighton. Didn't we look it up? It's West Brighton, isn't it? I am not the geography major. <laughs> you do not want directions from me. You will never make it. <laughs> In, instead of on that big highway, the Staten Island Express Highway, you don't take a left anymore off of it. You take a right. That's well, it more depends than which I way you're coming I from. Oh, from no. Well, from, <laughs> from, from Bainbridge. Oh, no. Okay. You better look it up. You're right. Once again, since we raised it so much, 616 Forest Avenue, Staten Island. All right. And, again, if you have any questions, you know, because some of the times this stuff is confusing. And even when we're talking at the seminars, obviously we're not talking to you one-on-one. So at the end of the seminar, we're going to have staff there. And if you want, you can schedule an appointment to talk your family situation over. You know, there's not always one answer for everybody. Some people have children they can trust. Some people obviously don't have children. Some people have millions of dollars of assets and we need to do some tax planning. Some people may have $50,000 in the bank and they want to save it from a nursing home. I don't care where you are in those circumstances. You're more than welcome to schedule an appointment talk it over with us, and I'll give you a plan based on my experience. 
And if you speak to Nicole, she'll talk it over with me. And we'll come up with a plan that hopefully fits your circumstances, fits what you need to do. Whatever plan we give you, believe me, we're not going to want your money to be thrown away to the government. Um, we want to save your money from the government. We want to save the money for your kids. I'm sure you worked very hard to save your assets over the years, and we don't want them frittered away, you know, on the government. So if you want to come to one of the seminars, give us a call at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. There's no charge for the seminar. Admission is open. We do like to know how many people are going to show up so we have the seating arranged properly. Every once in a while, not too often, every once in a while we get sold out or, you know, and we we want to make sure that everybody's comfortably seated. So if you want to show up on one of the seminars, please feel free. Give us a call at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. I think we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes. I'm in a good place in my life. And I'm energized by new adventures. I've got friends to laugh with. And a good relationship. But even though I'm kind of comfortable, I sometimes wonder, is there something more? Could God in church be what you're looking for? Come and see at catholicscomehome.com. Do you know how many Christians live in the Middle East? Six million people. Do you know how many Christians need your help? Every single one. Do you know what we can do? With St. Francis in Beirut, we can give them hope. We can give them medicines. We can give them medical equipment. We can give them everything they're looking for. Because some others decided to remove Christianity from the Middle East. But if we will help them every single day, not just to feed them or clothing, it's all about giving them another day with the idea that they are recognized, that we love them, they are cousins, sisters, they are roots. So, St. Francis in Beirut, it's all about helping Christians. And you can be part of that help too. If you want to help Father Paul in his mission, send your donations to St. Francis in Beirut, 213 Stanton Street, New York, New York, 10002. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500, or connorsandsullivan.com. Again, we you know look forward to seminars next week. Mr. Connors, how come you're always talking about survived by his wife? What does that even mean? Okay. Well, that's because I remember Alan King. And Alan King used to do this bit, survive by his wife. And Michael, can we pull that up, whatever, and, and 
play it for the audience? Yeah, I'll, I'll close the show out with that. But first off, why don't you tell them what it has to do with your take on estate planning and why it always comes up? <laughs> well, because in the past, it used to be that the husband always died before his wife. So that was just common sense or whatever. Oh, so I wonder who rem- how many people remember Alan King. I don't know. A lot of people don't. But he's a very good comedian and, you know, God, let him rest in peace or whatever. Wasn't he in some famous movie there toward the end? It was in a was... couple of movies, yeah, yeah. But, you know, he's more known as a stand-up comedian. Yeah. Why, why don't we play the bit and then we'll wrap up. This hotel opened October 23rd, 1966. Today is March 8th, 1987, and they're celebrating their 20th anniversary, which is exactly the way they count in the casino. I notice no time for laughter. No time for laughter. About 16 years ago, I stood on this stage with about the same amount of business. There was always empty in the front when I worked there. And I was doing my wife jokes at the time. This is long before women's live and the ERA. And while I was doing jokes, I did a joke one night. I said, women live longer than men. And I said, the reason for it is that they're not married to women. Now, it was not a big joke then. Just just part of a story. A woman stood up right about where you are there, who was a member of the State Assembly of, the, of Nevada, and this is absolutely true. She started to berate me about me being a male chauvinist pig, and there is no record, there are no recordings, no history, no about women living longer than men. Now, I haven't done this in a long time, and I dug out some of the obituaries that I'd like to do for you now, just to prove this point. Nothing has changed. Good evening. Can we, would you turn around so we can get to a camera? I put my glasses on. When I did this bit 15 years ago, I didn't need the glasses. But this is an obituary. Would you examine it? It's a Xerox copy of obituary. New York Post, is that correct? That's Nothing correct. I made up. There are seven obituaries. Now, would you just read, without getting personal mentioning the names, what does it say at the bottom of the first obituary? He is survived by his survived wife. Survived by his wife. Could you read the second obituary over here? What does it say? Yeah. He is survived. survived by his wife. Could you read the third obituary? What does it take? He, leave- he leaves his wife. See, they change it around so you won't get bored. And this one is, he is survived by his wife. What does this one over here say here? He is survived, survived by his wife. And what does this one say here? He's survived by his wife. And what is it? You know God and well with that. Survived by his wife. Yeah, I want you to have that seven out of seven. Now, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Wait one more. Good evening. How are you, dear? Those roots are not dead, you know. (laughs) Darling, please, this is the Los Angeles Times. Is that correct? I have nothing up my sleeves. Will Rogers said I only know what I read in the newspapers. Here's the newspaper. Obituary pages, three obituaries, okay? Dr. Carl Sachs, botany expert. Is that correct? Yes. How old was he when he died? Can you see that? 81. 81. Professor Emeritus, Harvard University. What, what does it say at the bottom here? <laughs> he, leaves. he leaves his wife. 81. Okay, now, wait a minute. Next one. Ludwig van Elder. My says, 92. Is that correct? Yes. 92. What does it say over there? It survived. Survived by his wife. 92. That's all. Just the facts. Okay. Now. Read the headline of the next obituary. Tasty Kistner. Retired architect dies at 99. 99! Gave it a hell of a shot, didn't he? 
What does it say over there, dear? He leaves, he leaves his... What? All right. Now, go ahead a minute. Now. I got him in every pot. All right, darling. This is from the Cedar Rapids Gazette. This was sent to me in 1983, right here at Cedar. It says here, West Point's oldest graduate dies. Is that correct, dear? Yes. Nothing I made up. No. Oldest graduate at West Point. How old was he when he died? You see that? Can't see. You can't see? <laughs> this is your seeing eye dog. Yeah, put your glass on. It's too important. Does a lot for you. 104. 104? West Point's oldest grad, 104. Is that correct? Right. Died. Okay, now. Shut up, I'll be back there in a minute. It says here, this man fought in the Spanish-American War, the Boxer Rebellion, the Philip campaign, Philippine campaign against the Moros. He was with Pershing when they gave Pancho Villa a new ass south of the border. Yes, look at this. World War One night, look at this. Four times he was awarded the Silver Star. Is that correct? Yes. Now I'm making this up. No. He received the Distinguished Service Medal and the French Croix de Guerre. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. What does it say at the bottom here? Survive. Survived by his wife. A man went up against arrows and bows, flamethrowers and bombs. He beat them all. The only one he couldn't beat was that old broad right there, Nevada. You're not Julian Prowse, are you? No, you're sitting down. She always moves around. Here's a Xerox. This is going into the Smithsonian Institute. Here is a letter from a young lady who heard me do this many years ago. Sent this lovely note. She was a widow, and she said it was the first laugh she'd received in years, and I was very grateful about this since her husband died. At the bottom, she enclosed a little piece from a Reuter communique. Would you read it? This is from the newspapers. Could you read what it says there? It says, it ends, wife ends all. Read it, please. Mrs. Vera Shermack right. of Prague, Czechoslovakia, right. on hearing that her husband was leaving her for another woman, right. threw herself from a third-story window to end it all. Correct. She was taken to a hospital and soon recovered. Right. Wait a minute. She threw herself out of a third-story window to end it all. Soon recovered. Was it her husband, on whom she landed, was killed on the spot. This bitch threw us up out the window and landed on the old man, and he was wiped out. Now that's it. That's it. <laughs> I love those old timers. Okay. Holy Alan smoke. King, you know, rest in peace. Survived God bless him. by his wife. Yeah, God bless God bless Alan King and his family. I think his son lives in Queens, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. At least I've heard that. Um I hope he listens to us. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, one thing we haven't talked about. If somebody has a question for us, um, 
If somebody has a question for us, where do they email us the question? If you want to email us a question, you're going to go to askmikeconnors at gmail.com. That's askmikeconnors, spelled C-O-N-N-O-R-S, at gmail.com. And remember, we might not always ask your questions on air. It might be too private. We might get back to you separately. But that's where you send the questions, and maybe you will hear it on the show. Um, Now, also, if you miss the seminars next week, I hope you don't. But remember that you can always find our video seminar on YouTube. And that's going to be, you just go to YouTube.com, you enter into the search bar, Connors and Sullivan Video Seminar, and you should see Dad right there with a nice long video. And so that'll catch you up as a briefer on things you might want to know for estate planning. Again, nothing substitutes coming in and talking with us, but in any event, yeah, hope to see you at the seminars. If not, catch the video. And always think about coming in for your free consultation at Connors and Sullivan, 718-238-6500. Dad, back to you. Okay, and where can you catch the uh, Toy Soldier YouTube? <laughs> you can go to YouTube.com. You can search Michael Connors Toy Soldier. You'll end up with a video that says The Ultimate Toy Soldier Collection. And it'll show you through a little sampler of what, we've, what we had at the office then, which is even less than what we have now. So... Oh, we're gives you a taste of what more. you get to see. Gives you a taste of what you get to see when you come into our Brooklyn headquarters. We're getting more and more, more Gettysburg. Okay, so see you next week at the same time and places. Thank you for listening to Ask the Lawyer. Bye bye, everybody. Bye bye. Thank you so much for joining us. Here on hallowed ground, the voices raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this soul away. Kevin McCullough, are you or your parents' assets protected from nursing home bills? Did you know these bills can exceed $15,000 a month? People work their entire lives to live comfortably in retirement, but when people become ill and need to go to a nursing home or receive home care, the bills can drain their assets, leaving many people bankrupt. The good news is that you can prevent that from happening if you plan in advance. Connors and Sullivan's lawyers can customize a plan that specifically protects your interests, including your home. Schedule a free comprehensive telephone consultation with Mike Connors to discuss your issues and concerns from the security of your home. Call today, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Don't let nursing home bills take your life's savings and leave you and your loved ones bankrupt. Don't wait another minute. Mike Connors can take you through the process by telephone and start a plan designed for you today. That's 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors and Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.